Hey everyone, welcome to Gen X Stories, a podcast about how the so-called lost generation found itself. Today we have a special little bonus episode for you guys from Gaby Lorino, a kick-ass book editor and a hundred percent pure Gen Xer. We originally thought this interview would become part of our books episode that we just dropped last week, but thought it was too fabulous to edit down to a few minutes. She is actually the type of Gen Xer we created this podcast for because she's got some amazing stories to share. So without further ado, here we go. Hey guys, Eve here. We are lucky today to have an interview with somebody who is in the book business. I met Gaby on Instagram talking about doing a book about grief regarding my father's passing. And we just started talking. So she's fabulous and she's interesting and we are going to ask her a ton of questions. Welcome, Gaby. Hi, thank you. Can you give us your full name and your age and why you belong on a Gen X podcast? Okay. I was born in 1973, so I'm smack in the middle. I'm proud to be Gen Xer. My name that I use when I face the public is Gaby Lorino. That is my maiden name. I quickly had my identity stolen after I got married and changed my <laughs> name. So I'm going to just stick with Gaby Lorino. Thank you very much. When I'm not making books, which is a labor of love, I, I sometimes work in adjacent capacities. I work as an editor for a company right now with their technical documentation. And I do a few other communications related things, little films, videos, social media and such. And I live in Indiana because my husband got a really awesome job at Sweetwater. I lived in Florida and then spent most of my 40s in Southern California. What is the name of the LA anthology group that you work with? We're called Made in LA Writers. We have four anthologies so far. We're taking submissions for the fifth one. And we have a different theme for each one. First one we did, I knew some people that got a booth at the LA Festival of Books. And they kind of just figured we'll have all our independent writer friends come and you can pay a little fee towards the booth rental and you can hang out and try to sell your books. One of them came up with the idea of let's call ourselves Made in LA Writers because we're producing work in LA. But people kept coming up to the booth and saying, do you have stories about LA? And they were like, well, kind of or not really really. So then we'd meet at restaurants and we'd brainstorm about different ideas. And finally, we came up with, why don't we make an anthology with stories that are based in, inspired by Los Angeles. The first one's called Stories Rooted in the City of Angels. And then we sold out, which is a big deal. Sold a hundred copies at the LA Festival of Books. And that was like a dream. We were working so hard. We were so tired and it was just so exciting. Then we did another one, Art of Transformation. We had to delay the release of it because that was when COVID hit. And then we made another one kind of in the weird time since the pandemic started called Beyond the Precipice, which talks about like you kind of get to the edge of something and either waiting to change or change is going to come for you. We try to give names based on what the stories bring to the collection. We pretty much just put out a call for short stories. And then as we choose the ones that we think are the best, we come up with what the theme is. So you don't do the theme and then get submissions. You just say send the submissions and then you pull the ones you think that are consistent with a theme. You sort of back into it. Yeah. You just get your pieces together and then you say, all right, well, what do they have in common? The main idea is it's L.A. You have to have L.A. as your as your, your overarching. Character. And it has to be a fictional story. For you, it would have to be something more like Gen X attempts to date. Gen <laughs> X deals with grief because you can't just throw it all out there. Did you always want to get into this when you were a kid? I think I thought of it more like magic when I was a kid, like 
oh, that's a really good story and I'm not going to analyze it. I'm just going to enjoy it. And so now the problem with doing it as work is that you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, that was well played. Oh, they're putting her in here now and they're going to set up this situation and then they're going to pan away. But now we're going to need to know that later because of this. It becomes more of a scientific puzzle for you to put together. You asked me, what are my favorite books? And here's a couple. Oh, oh, Circle Friends, that became a movie, right? Yes. And they ruined the ending. Did they change the end from the book? They ruined it. She moved on from the guy that cheated on her and broke her heart. She moved on. Yeah, but that's not cool for for a movie theme. You need the happy ending. So dazzlingly handsome that they just couldn't bear to do it in the movie. Have you ever read a book that they turned into a movie that they didn't ruin? Oh, yeah. Wait, she has it. I love it. What is it? (gasps) Bridget Jones. (laughs) That was the best ever. Oh, my God. Bridget Jones Diary. That was like the first awkward, ridiculous, fun female lead who somehow gets the hot guy some of the time at least it it opened up a whole world because do you remember what things were like before that I mean yeah women were represented it's like reading a a romance novel it's got a slim waist and giant boobs and they've got this like flowing wonder woman hair there's no relatable characters it's just perfect and young and beautiful I mean not that Bridget Jones isn't beautiful but she's so like someone you you'd want to be friends with. What are the books you have on your desk that you can hold up? So I (laughs) wanted to read this when I was a kid. (gasps) Gone with the Wind! Scarlett O'Hara taught me how to flirt. I read it again and there was so much I missed. That is a dog-eared book. This book is is older (laughs) than most of my friends and look, I even wrote my maiden name inside it. (laughs) (laughs) What else you got on your desk? Have you ever read I Was a 98 Pound duckling no young adult book from when this book is copyright 1972 (laughs) the tagline is being 13 can be something of a disaster oh my god in keeping with my other books i like these awkward stories about young women that are trying to make it and they have that beautiful friend that gets all the attention and they just don't know when they're ever gonna not be awkward and weird like those are my favorite stories (laughs) it's so relatable I think you and I had the same childhood. Literally, I was a 98-pound duckling is the only book that I kept from that era of my life. I love that. I think that it's important for young people to be able to identify with characters in books, whether it's just on a personality level or on an appearance level. I used to do editing for romances, and I got to say, like, I got really tired of everyone (laughs) just being so gorgeous all the time. And so perfect, men and women. It's kind of like... You're just eating popcorn. It's not filling. Writing or editing makes you understand that conflict has to drive the plot forward. I tend to gravitate towards character-driven stories. What does that mean? Some people care more about the action than they do about the characters. Sometimes you get to the end of a story and you can't really picture anyone and you can't really see them in a space together. 
but you know that there was just a car chase. So the stuff that you read now, is it mostly all character driven like that? Some of it's nonfiction. Are we reading nonfiction now because of our age that we just That's like, okay, we're nerds? It depends on what I'm after when I'm reading. If I want to escape, I will pick a ghost story or I'll pick something kind of like funny and cool. It depends on the tone, really. I like lighter things. And okay. that's something that gets me into trouble. It's actually a reason why I like to work with corporate jobs rather than fiction all the time, because stuff gets heavy and I don't want to read it, let alone edit it. <laughs> can get very ugly. People can have ideas that I don't agree with and I don't want to work on their stuff. Is there a particular author that you read now? I go for the classics. I will reread my Maeve Binchy books. I will reread my Helen Fielding Bridget books <laughs> every several years. Part of me, like in the back of my mind, wants to see how they do it. And the more familiar I can get, the better I can understand that. I do appreciate a good story collection and short stories. And because I'm friends with other editors, I do get to to read promo copies once in a while and maybe give a blurb if I like something kind of gives me an option to read untested writers. And I respect that people are trying their best and I don't want to get in the way of anyone by saying, well, I didn't like that. Well, if it's not my thing, that I shouldn't be part of the discussion. That's very yeah. grown up of you. But if I have something nice to say, I'll say it. If I if I don't, I'll say you need to find someone else to review your book. <laughs> it really is, isn't talking to me and I'm sorry. Do you write books? I did write one. It's available on Kindle Unlimited. What's your book called? A Magical Time Called Later. It is about a very disgruntled 38-year-old bridesmaid <laughs> who has <laughs> just broken up with her fiancé and who hates the world and doesn't want to be in her best friend's wedding. And all the hilarity that ensues. She has this really great Hispanic friend. I grew up in Florida, so this is very familiar. I going to say, this sounds like it might come from some experience. I also decided I was going to make organizational journals. I got together with this really good artist oh. and I made a little book for recipes and a little book for dreams. Like you write down what your dreams are. It has like prompts and also at the bottom of every page, it tells you what certain symbols in a dream mean. And then I made this out of, it's called the Psychic Readings Journal. It is just blank pages, really, with like a place for the date at the top. I know that there's a lot of astrologers and psychics and people who go online and do YouTube stuff. And I was like, I should have a notebook for this. Hey, why don't I make one? And I'm like, this is still being beta tested. It's called the Creative Life Journal. It has a very long chapter one. And you have to figure out what kind of life you want to create. And then the following pages are kind of prompts about how can I get there and who can help me and should I keep this a secret from <laughs> and different stuff like that. Dude, I needed that before we did this podcast. Because <laughs> we just sort of said, well, let's fucking do the podcast. Right? <laughs> well, I'll be happy to send you a prototype. You <laughs> okay. can give me your feedback. Okay. I'm working on another, but that's what everybody says. <laughs> 
is a collection of short stories that are all set at Christmas time. And the title is Single in December. Tell me this isn't like Hallmark and Lifetime movies. Oh, it's normal people that are super awkward. And it's some of the same characters that were in A Magical Time Called Later. So you get to see them like before and after that story happens. And then because I'm a musician too, I was in this really weird headspace. I was probably really burned out from contract work when I lived in LA. And one day I just got up and I was like, I'm thinking of a song. And I wrote it down. And the song was called Single in December. That's what gave me the idea for the book. But I'd already written a few of the stories. But so I have a song and then someday I'm going to have a trailer, like a book trailer, but it's just going to be a video of that song and a bunch of hilarious stuff. (laughs) I love it. This is awesome. This circles back to me being a Gen Xer because I have a very significant birthday coming up next July. So I was thinking this would be a good time for me to be done with Single in December and release it and be like, hey, it's Christmas in July. I just released my book. But I've got a long way to go. I have about 90,000 words that desperately need to be edited. How many pages does 90,000 words turn into? It's about 300. That's a lot of pages. Holy shit. Is that the size of the book that you want it to be? Here's some fun stuff that you find out when you make a book. Tell us. A typical book is between 60 and 90,000 words. And that equals like 200 to 300 pages kind of? Right. Yeah. So like if I'm looking at one of the Made in LA books here... This one is the thickest and it has 320 pages-ish. And then for an anthology, you divide it. You say approximately per story, you'll have X number of words or you just see what happens. I think we give a minimum. And because it was the first one and we need a material, we have two novellas in it. And the difference between a novella and a short story is what? Novellas are a lot more words. I think they're over 30,000 words. But single December is going to be short stories. We're all going to root for you (laughs) to have Christmas in July for your birthday. I mean, here's hoping. If I blow the deadline, I still have five months until Christmas. (laughs) That's four solid months between celebrating my birthday and absolutely needing to have it done. So you're so it's a soft launch. I just <gasps> had an idea. See, I saw the light bulb. I could send out press copies. That could be my birthday goal. I can send out like, can you give me a review on this? Can you give me something to put on the cover that makes it sound like it's good? And then I can have everything done in time for December. Send me a copy. I'll be a reviewer. I would appreciate that. I love when we can solve shit. This is awesome. Do you have social channels you want to share that people can get in touch with you or they can find your books? I'm at Gaby Larie. Books on Twitter. On Instagram, I'm Gaby, period, Lorino, period, books. And if you want to look for me on Facebook, I'm at Word Nerd Gaby, all one word. Amazon, you can find me, Amazon.com slash author slash Gaby Lorino. And I have a blog, glorinowrites.wordpress.com. You've got ideas for enough anthologies and books, but if anyone else has any other ideas, send them to her because she will make something <laughs> out of them. It'll be the thing you'll keep for 30 years. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you. I've had a really good time. I appreciate it. That is it for us this week with this awesome little bonus episode. Thanks for listening to Gen X Stories. Drop us a note at hello at genxstories.com and we may do some shout outs on a future episode. And did you know 
We have merch, like real cool shit, which happens to be perfect for the Gen Xer on your holiday list. Find out all about it on our website at genxstories.com. You could also subscribe to Gen X Stories on your favorite podcast app, rate us a kick-ass review, follow us on Instagram at Gen X Stories, or join our ever-growing Facebook group. We all have a Gen X story. What's yours?